G'day everyone, I'm Smokescreen and welcome back to the Trackside Lounge podcast. We're finally back with another episode. Hopefully we've got this in before Christmas and if we do, Merry Christmas to everybody. We are joined, once. I say we are joined, it's a trio where we're always together. Atom and Nismo, how, how you going fellas? Hey, What's hey. up man? No special guest this time but you know, it's okay. It's okay. Nismo, Cows I think you can, be, you, you can be the special guest today. I but think. no, we're back to the OGs man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, the, the OG trio. Yeah. But it's obviously been a little while since the last episode, and that means there is plenty that has happened in the old Gran Turismo-verse, I suppose you could call it. There's been a couple of updates, there's been some cars, some tracks, some new features, and of course the Monaco World Tour and the 25th anniversary of Gran Turismo as a franchise. So we've got plenty to get through today, but I think... We'll save the, the meaty, juicy Monaco World Tour for a little bit later, and we'll talk about some of the updates that have come through. So one of the updates previously, uh, this happened before the Monaco World Tour, update 1.26. Now, there was quite a bit that was added in this update. There was some cars. There were three of them, in fact. There was a track. There was uh, a much-requested feature, and there was also an improvement to the lobbies, which uh, everybody was crying out for. But I think the first thing I want to talk about Car selling. We can finally do it. We can finally do it. What do we think, gentlemen? I very Excellent. much... Yeah. I very much regret not exploiting the hell out of the Group B NSX exploit, but hey, how did we know back then uh, what, yeah. was gonna, what was going to happen? So, Do you think they're now going to let you sell your engines that you, uh, you exploitedly got? They might, they might end up... They probably won't. But no, like, probably you not. can sell cars Even, now, but... I think I think even if you could sell the engines and I suppose by extension all the parts, you know, like there's um you know stage five weight reductions and there's like Ooh. the the um, special camshafts and special you know all the the bits that go a step further. Even if I could sell those, I don't think I would because obviously I'd rather have them on a car. Um, when you win those, right? It does. It, some of them it has like a like an RRP basically, like a value. Is, is that only, true? Only the ones that you can purchase, like if you can, oh, okay. if, it's, if, it's, if it's just a, if it's just a nitrous kit or if it's uh, I don't know a fully customizable suspension, it, it just has the price. But if it's a if it's yeah stage five weight reduction or something, it just comes up with like not for sale. Yeah. So, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as for like car selling, we've known about or we've known this feature was on the way for quite a while, right at the back, uh, right back at the start rather of Gran Turismo Seven. In that uh, press release from Kaz, the very, very interesting press release, said it was coming, and then it was like months and months since since then. I'm, well, I mean, I guess we're glad it's finally here, but there was a lot of people whinging about it, so to speak. But now that we've got it, it's been implemented in a very interesting way. It's in the used car dealership, which I guess is appropriate, but I think a lot of people were probably expecting it to be like you just go to your garage and you like, press options on a car and you're able to sell it that way but no we've yeah. got full valuation changes daily so i think i think they've done that very well and i'll be honest right it wasn't actually a feature i was particularly excited for i was probably the minority of players that didn't really uh, feel that excited by it but now that i've got it i've actually sold a few cars like the ones i have multiples of and it's actually very satisfying which is good I, I'm, I'm assuming we uh, feel the same sentiment yeah, pretty much. Um, it's also good for trimming out the fat. I mean, obviously, 
you, you need to buy one of every car if you're the sort of guy who likes to collect everything. And obviously, you got your little um, your little Pokédex, so to speak, that you fill out once you've once you've done that. That's then obviously, right. you, you don't really feel too guilty. Like cars, cars that you're never going to drive. Like, um, I mean, personally, you know, the Peugeot VGT. I'm never going to drive that. Never really going to want to drive that. So I'm happy to sell that. Um, all the like vgt versions of you know like so the mclaren vgt group one obviously you'd hang on to that because it's group one but the the other version well what's the point having it there unless it's going to get used for one extremely niche race but even then you just buy another one wouldn't you so it's the way they've implemented it i'm quite happy with and i think a lot of people will agree that it's better than previous gran turismo games whereupon you would sell it and you'd get maybe like a quarter of the price you paid for it so it's definitely it's definitely you know i think it's a good system that they've brought in it's, yeah, it's quite yeah, cool and the, the dynamic side of it is um is something they did not need to do at all like like you said no, the expectation no. was mm. you put a mm. sell button by the car in the garage but they've actually gone a step further and created a a dynamic market for you to sell your car in and it makes sense that it would be in used cars like it's genuinely a used car dealer now you can buy and sell in there um yeah, it's interesting though exactly. it's interesting that you can take a legend car to the used car dealer to sell it though uh-huh. yeah but i suppose it's still a used car just, i guess yeah it is i suppose I suppose that's maybe good old um, yeah. the, the used car dealer yeah. ships it back off to Haggerty or whatever. They probably would. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> that that, that sounds like something they do. But yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, what my question I have about the whole system is: so we have our kind of like our Pokédex collection system that you referenced before, um, and if you buy a car or you receive a car, it fills out that slot. If you sell your one and only version of that car that filled out that slot. Do you lose that slot in your Pokédex? You well? do not. I've already tried that. And oh. I, sold, I sold pretty much all the original VGT cars, like the ones that don't have interiors or the ones that are just... <laughs> so you could, have a, you could have a full car list in the, the Pokédex system, as we're calling it, um, and just have one car in your garage. That's great. Correct, correct. So, um, well, you can't sell vehicles that you've obtained through so obviously um your porsche 917 and your nation's cup gr yaris and all that sort of stuff you can't sell those um but yeah anything that you've purchased or anything that you've been given as a gift rather than as a dlc um yeah is is fair game it's interesting that they added the 24-hour cooldown as well i don't yeah see i see it but i also don't see it so basically you can't so if you've if you exploited the nsx thing right you've got 100 uh, Honda NSX Group Bs, you can only sell one every 24-hour period. Not not every day. Like It's not like you can sell one and then wait until 1 p.m. and sell. If, if you sell it at 10 p.m., you're not allowed to sell another one until 10.01 p.m. It's of the same day. car, though, right? Of the same car, yeah. Yeah, so people that have people that have hoarded up all those NSXs are probably still working through them because, you know, you're limited to one a day, so... And I suppose in a way that keeps the dynamic because obviously the, the price is going up and down any given day. I think the price seems to fluctuate about, I've seen sort of like 2%, 3%. Um, some of the, Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's like 10% in a day. But on average, it seems to sort of, yeah, ups and downs and, you know. I wonder if a bug will be introduced at some point that values a like a, like a Honda Fit or Honda Jazz or whatever it is at like, 
three million credits and it's like a, a glitch or a bug and it's oh. wrong and then you sell it and you make all this money um, you make all the money back yeah yeah you make heaps of money and then you just buy another one for thirty thousand credits well my one of, one of the only gripes that i have with because the, the way that they've implement obviously the, the car itself has a it's an appraisal system right it's not a sale it's an appraisal so you you take your car you've got your atom what do you drive a, a honda nsx group three or something like that would yeah just totally car. see yeah. 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 Drive that yeah. NSX i love, all I love the time. midships are my favorite honestly <laughs> you know what just it was the first thing that came to mind i thought this guy's right no, you, 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 you had the group b on the brain so now you're like oh Adam drives yeah, group three yeah. there's a honda nsx in group three let's roll with that yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. lexus lexus i do like I i'll take the l for that one but anyway so you um you got your car and it appraises it based on its condition. So obviously if it's oil needs doing or if it's engine needs doing, but it also appraises it based on how much tuning you've done. So, and it's even down to if you've bought different tires for it, then it's factored into the price. So, um, but what they've done, because obviously the, the immediate question is, well, what about cars that have had engine swaps, you see? And like so what they've done is they've put a flat rate on it. So if you engine swap, a Mini Cooper or a, um, an RX-7 or something, um, it basically just flat rate. So it, the price only goes up by things like 50 grand, regardless of what engine. So the RX-7... Oh, the okay. You would have received engine. that engine for free as well. So technically, yeah. you can sell engine swaps. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but when the RX-7 engine is a million dollars and you're selling it for 50 grand... You know, as far yeah. as value, we're talking value. So yeah, value. You're obviously not getting what it's worth, but you are making money because you didn't pay for the engine in the first place. If you had a yeah. lot of them, it wouldn't really matter. And if you were, but again, if the, the RX-7 was being uh, valued at roughly the same as what you can buy it for, and you had mm. a lot of those engine swaps, you could buy them up, engine swap them, and then sell them for you know, you I guess you'd make like twenty thousand. It wouldn't really be worth it, but I mean. It's free money. Sometimes. It's there. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's an option. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, when the so when the update first dropped, I had a Ferrari FXXK and a McLaren P1 GTR that I'd won in the ticket roulette. Oh, so it was damn surplus. lucky. So it was Bloody surplus. Hell. It was surplus to my. I already had one. Oh, <laughs> FX, right. The FXX was even in the same color I'd bought it, so it was like, oh, okay. So I sold those, and that was like, I think I got one point seven mil for the McLaren, and like probably about the same for the fxx like 1.9 so Good Lord. that was pretty that was pretty not bad free money that would have been um, hefty that would, that would have been nice <laughs> sold all my safety cars um <laughs> sold all my <laughs> you know you, I'm, I'm i'm unsafe i'm unsafe so <laughs> but um i guess no, the the financial connoisseur of gran turismo get him in <laughs> get him in as, an, as your accountant he'll have your he'll have you with 20 million credits in no time yeah, I'll sell all your I'll sell all your cars and, and make you rich. Yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've I had like four million dollars before the update. Now I'm sitting on like twenty seven million. So oh, that's right. Sold a load of cars. I didn't have that many I, cars. Yeah, no, I don't either. I only had three multiples. Yeah, I, I had like three or four them. duplicates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I I don't play as often as I should. I think. Um, what I wanted to add as well. Um, I think the next step for it is the option to sell a gift car immediately when you receive it. So, like, if you receive it and you already have it, a notice could come up saying, uh, yeah, car already stored car. in garage. 
Do you want to sell it? I don't think you need to. I feel like there's only so many steps to get to the used car lot, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, You're not going to introduce something like that. I think the other thing, too, is that you... You can't sell a car that you're currently driving. So if you get the gift car and it's you know it stores ah, it in your okay. garage, so you can just go straight to the dealership anyway and appraise it. So you do, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, fair I, enough. I think, fair I think enough. I think you're being a little lazy there, Smoke. But you know it's okay. I just want a discard button. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, that's yeah. That's car selling. It's good. Good that we've got it, and I think. Pretty much everyone is happy. It's finally here, and then uh, people can now stop whinging on Twitter about it. It was overdue, um, but they did a good job. Uh, yeah, find <laughs> something That's else true. to whinge. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred oh. percent. The road like limits, for example. Oh whoa, whoa! <laughs> I was going to say like qualifying in lobbies also not being present until update one point two six. Yeah, that was finally added, which is That's good. A nice, I think it's uh, a nice segue there. I see how you did that. It is. Yeah, you see, see what I did there. See, I've. Not He's as, a clever guy, out smock. Yeah, not yep. as silly as I look. Not that you'd know. But yes, uh, lobbies, they're slowly getting improved. I haven't been in a lobby for a little while, so I'm not sure how the connection situation is, but at least you can actually finally have a practice session, have a qualifying session, and have a race, which I would say are the three, the three building blocks for a good racing session. We can finally mm. now do that, which is good. Um, okay, the... Uh- Updates, or did someone want to add anything? I, I don't believe that um, the connections are any better after the last update. Um, we were still having massive problems with one of the guys in Sector 1 on uh, Sunday. Okay. Gone. So oh, they're no better. They're, they're okay most of the time. It was just this one guy. They're, they're still, they still need work. The servers still need work. Yeah, there's, okay. there's something going on there. But qualifying is a really good addition. The guys who were running Sector 1 were actually like talking about it on the broadcast. They were like, oh... It's so good to have qualifying back. Have you guys used it yet? Not personally, I haven't no. Used it yet. no. No. So an interesting yeah. new feature of the qualifying system. So there's there's two there's two things of note that are different from uh, Gran Turismo Sport. So when you begin qualifying, you get your 10 second countdown, as we've always had. Um, that pops up in the middle of the screen, and then when that countdown ends, it doesn't cut to black. It fades to black, very slowly. And you can keep driving for like a good five or six seconds, I think. Um, Which is really... And you you can hear the car, but the screen goes black. And you can still hear the car and you could like drive it into a wall or whatever. Uh, Which is an interesting thing that they've been doing (laughs) for kind of a while. There's... uh, I think it was... I can't remember, but... um, That's a thing. But what they have added, which is a great addition to qualifying that is considerably better than sport, is that you have your practice, your qualifying, your race. So you practice... For as long as you want, when you're ready to go, you start the qualifying session. Qualifying session gets run. Qualifying session finishes. Everyone's back to the paddock menu. And the lobby owner has to then manually start the race. Oh, okay. Good. Okay, that's good. That's a huge, huge change that I think is going to fly under the radar a little bit. uh, I think I know why they did that. That is extremely useful. For yeah. applying grid place penalties or anything like that. Yes. I was, yeah, I was just going to say, can the lobby owner then adjust the grid? I don't know if they can, um, but if they can, then great. You know, like that that's be, ideal. That would be an interesting dynamic to add, whereupon you do your qualifying session, here's the results, Atoms first, 
Smock's second. Yeah, you know, but then Flex oh no. Atom faster <laughs> than Smock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll call it. I'll call it. Gizmo is subconsciously calling me better. Well, I'm also calling you Dirty because what I was going to say was that you know, oh no, Atom's got a, a two-place grid penalty from the previous race or something. So uh, manager then uh, he obstructed someone on the flying lap during qualifying. Yeah, yeah. He went over his gearbox allowance. That must have been yeah. <laughs> he had to yeah. get a new engine, new ICE. Nah, back in the Okay, that's good. I I didn't actually know that. I reckon I know why they've done that. Because of the dynamic weather, they need to give people an opportunity to switch from a qualifying ah. tyre onto an appropriate tyre to start the race. So, like, again, I'm not actually fully across how the weather, like, sorts itself out uh, from qualifying to the race because I've had kind of mixed results when I've taken note of it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, sometimes it's not the same as quality and then sometimes it is. But well, I guess in, lobbies, in the case it's, it's not, always the same for quality right. and the race. It may have changed now. I don't believe it has, but it may have changed Actually, now yeah. from practice to the race. Excuse me. <laughs> but the only time we've seen... tight. Thank you. The only time we've <laughs> seen um, the, the the weather change from qualifying to race is in the, the newest uh, series that had... The newest GT World Series events uh, that had wet weather at Spa. And the qualifying mm. was dry, and you'd start the race with like a fifty percent wet track. So that's the only time we've seen a change like that that's required you to change tires. Um, it may be that you can now control that in the lobbies. I haven't checked that, but that would be cool if it was. Um, well, yeah. It, I just I just thought maybe like it'd let you have a twenty minute qualifying session where it dries out by the end. Well, it's good to so have you, you allow you to change tires anyway because yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah it was exactly. always a thing in Gran Turismo Sport. You had to put on the tire that you wanted to start the race on, and then if you wanted to change your tire to something like if you had to use the hards and you wanted to start the race on the hards, no matter what, you had to pick that before you started qualifying. You had to select that, put it on the car, start qualifying, pit in the first lap and put on the softs and then you could go qualify. But now you can just put on the softs or the softest, go do your qualifying, when you go back to the paddock menu, change your tyres um, and then you're good for the race. Yeah. That's good. That, yeah. But I reckon that that whole thing is a really good change. I wasn't aware of that. I'll it's good too yeah, from I've... a broadcasting. It's good too from a broadcasting standpoint because, you know, the, the likes of Sector 1 and all that, of course, they can do the qualifying session and they can actually break down the results a bit more rather than just here's the results. Yeah, you, okay, you get a good it, amount of time to go over the grid because what it always yeah. was on the broadcast and I've streamed for sector one before. And what happens is after qualifying, you, you you're trying to memorize the tower so you can quickly yeah. go through it on the grid because you get a quick grid shot, which pops up the entire grid list. You don't have enough time to read through that whole list of 14 or 15 drivers. You probably see six, if you're lucky, and read through them. Oh, this person's on pole. Second person here. Second row is led off by this person, and this person's adjoining them. And then, oh, oh we're, we're about to start the race. I can't go through the rest of the grid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can't exactly do a grid walk with the paddock menu there, but you can, you can do like a summary of qualifying, um, which is a good thing to have there. One of the one of the contra well, controversial one of the additions I'd like to see is being able to have the grid walk either enabled or disabled. Oh yes, that like would be great. Oh, right. yeah. like Enable like grid walk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is on or off. Yeah, it would be so easy. For could have a lobby that, intro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Different music. For that, oh, cool, for that man. very reason. Yeah, you know, and then, and then oh, you've got yeah. 
people going, okay, well, that's person one, person two. And it actually goes through the grid rather than, like you say, having to sort of take a quick photo of the results, memorize it. You know, yeah. like you say, by, by the time you've sort of worked out your first three rows, the grid walk sort of was already done and, and they're racing. It wouldn't so, be hard to implement. The grid walk already exists. So, like, yeah, they, yeah, they could just throw it in. But they, they never did for sport, and they probably could have easily done it there as well. So yeah, I don't know but, if they will. I'd love for them yeah, to. Yeah, but though. they were learning. That's okay. Thing. We'll just uh, just get as many people as possible just to put it up the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter replies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you got to oh, do no, it yeah, no, the update post. Update coming this week. Yeah. Add this car. Add this car. <laughs> add this track. <laughs> fix this bug. <laughs> it's going to be really funny, too. It's going to be really funny, too, from a, from a retrospective point of view, because... To those watching, obviously, we're recording this the day before 1.27. So, for all we know, some of some or all of these things could even come in the update. We don't oh, know yet man. because we're... That's true. What time is it right now? 7 o'clock New Zealand time. So, we're literally about probably 23 hours from the update dropping as of, like, recording this right now. So, that's going to be really... Not saying that we're going to get those, but there might be, obviously, other additions or upgrades or lobbies might finally get more stable or something. But... We say the same thing every update too, and and they are working on it. They've made it very clear that, you know, issues are getting ironed out one by one. There's heaps yeah. of subtle things that are getting changed. Yeah. In um, yeah. There's always like one good one every update. It seems. Um, and adding like the horn? there's been two this time. Oh, the horn. <laughs> I reckon the horn was that one, and then the update where they moved like the countdown timer for a timed race from like the side up to the top middle of the screen. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice they didn't that they changed that. It. I thought that was a GT7 thing exclusively. Yeah, no, that's they, great, they changed it. I'll tell yeah. you what's bad about that though is that if you're a spectator and you're watching in a lobby, uh, even if you're there from the race start, you don't get to see the timer. Oh, is that really? true? I don't think you do. Oh. No. Hey, that's a load of crap. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we we'll go back BS. to Sector 1 for lobbies. Like Sector 1's a really good example mm. for lobbies because they're trying to use all the features they can um, and they're just so limited by, by the lack thereof. But uh, they've got a new admin um, and, and he's really handy with all the um, like the streaming stuff and the, the just computer stuff in general. Um, he talks about these things called scripts, which I, I know are, are PC... Uh, things that do awesome things uh, that you need to know how to use and, and whatnot. But he um, he's set up like a like a graphic in the top of the screen with a timer, and he can boot that uh, on the fly on the stream, and he can even adjust oh, it as well. Yeah, okay. He adjusted That's it for the cool. race on the weekend, just gone because we had to cut a race short um, because we had a red flag, um, and then they restarted the race, and he started the race with the original timer. And then he was like, oh, that's a bit long, like five minutes. And he, he realized, and he was like, oh. And then he just saw the numbers tick down, and it was suddenly 10 minutes later. Um, and it was like, oh, sweet. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah it, lo- it looks great. It looks great. So he's, he's had to put that in there. So you can't get around it. But, um, you know, the only way to truly track the, the time uh, of, the, of the race when you're spectating is to watch the total time down the bottom. And then, obviously, mm-hmm. when it hits the 50-minute mark or whatever the timer is, so for sector one, it's 50 minutes. Um, when it ticks over 50 minutes, you know, last lap, you know, the finish. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. otherwise, you don't know. One thing I nice. really miss from GT Sport, and I, I'm very curious as to why this didn't carry over, is like basic keyboard compatibility. Especially oh, for cool. um, yeah. you know, I, I saw a tweet about this recently, I think, saying that it's not even in like the, the data mines. Um, there's yeah. nothing there for mm. it. So yeah. it's, it's possibly not coming ever. Which is wild, because that was such a handy feature. It was so handy. And, like, 
going back even even well i don't know about even older than sector one but um monkey matt used to get he, he used to get really yeah. good with like there was um particular he has a little logitech wireless keyboard that has all the keys labeled with what they yeah. do so yeah. he and figured them all out and used them yeah and it was so well like he watching his streams and i don't i think most of them pretty lost to twitch now because obviously you know, they delete after yeah, like deleted, two weeks, yeah. and I don't really, I don't think anybody really saved them because we just didn't. He archived all the races between me and Simon in the Nations Cup. Interestingly, oh, the ones that he yes. broadcast back, I, I'm but, pretty um, sure you can go find all of them. It's great. Oh, that's awesome! But like, he got real good with being able to follow the action. You know, change to the appropriate driver because obviously you had the different keys if you wanted to go to the first place. You could jump straight from first to yeah, fifth yeah. to tenth. You but know, the really good one that the really good one that he pretty much mastered was being able there's a there was a command where you could you could hit a button and it would re it would do like the little transition and rewind to like yep. 30 seconds prior or you could so there was yeah. a there was a replay feature which i i learned to use for sector one and it was it was fantastic so yeah. uh, if i remember correctly the z button on the keyboard time stamped the moment you pressed it and then you had three keys next to it and each one would begin a replay they would action a replay using that timestamp as a reference the first key was five seconds earlier than the timestamp that's when the replay would start and play five seconds the next one was 10 seconds and the next one was 15 seconds so they would progressively go back further so if you saw something happen and you'd only caught the end of it you'd timestamp it and you'd go for a longer replay um yeah, or if you yeah. caught the whole thing then you'd timestamp it and you'd go for a shorter replay because you don't need the whole thing um and it depended how much of it you wanted to see if you wanted to see the build-up whatever it was you know there was a lot of flexibility with that feature and yeah i think i think monkey matt was kind of the pi one of the pioneers of that in uh oceania sector one um they had a really good guy on on that as well a guy called ghost um who is actually the reason i joined sector one in the first place because he was such a good commentator um and um camera director um so he had the the replays locked down as well so they were a really awesome feature, and I really hope they bring them back because that that really added a level of professionalism to any broadcasts that were, you know, cast in Gran Turismo. Here's the thing, right? Here's the question I have: How are they able to do it at the World Tours? If like they they have like a, a custom build of a game exists. or something? So the, yeah, the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. The World Tours got a completely different. <laughs> it's band, it's run from like PCs and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I realise that, but I mean, like, it has to be coded somewhere for them to be able to use it. It's just a matter of the animations to... themselves definitely exist, you know. And yeah, if they yeah. do it for sport, yeah. they can absolutely do it for GT Seven. It just mm. seems they're not think, interested in doing it, it for some reason. I think it was was it McEwen we had on, and he was talking about this about how they've got. You know race directors but they've also got production directors and they've got you know they've got all those people doing that sort of thing that if it's, a, it's quite a large-scale team i think yeah it's, it's it's quite the operation and and that's the sort of thing that you you know you, you think so you think you think world tour and you think oh haha tom and jimmy you know and, and obviously the, <laughs> the spanish commentary and the italian commentary and all that but like behind the scenes there's there's quite the, the commentary is the easy job man the comedy yeah. is an easy job. There's literally. so much. Like, I, can't, I can't imagine what that room that has all the mm. information and all the screens looks like and how many people are crammed in there doing who knows what because, like, you've got someone trying to source replays from different camera angles, set them up, and then they're ready to play, and then they've got to give it to this guy who's going to press a button to set off that replay. 
because um, the replays are always crisp and perfect. They're always capturing the right thing. I've only seen once on a Grand yeah. Turismo World Series mm-hmm. where they've gone back to do a replay and it's been the wrong incident or it's been, you know, nothing uh, at all. Nothing happened on the replay. But um, they, they, they have someone there, clearly, who incident happens, sweet. They've got a screen. They can scroll through all the cameras. They can rewind precisely i would imagine with like a cursor back to where they want to start it and they can get their camera angles they can change their camera angles they can adjust what they want to do chop it up like editing a video about 10 seconds long and then go here press the f button and it will play this replay on the broadcast done you know and then not only that but they've got to do exactly the same thing for the stewards if they're investigating an incident and then that's got to be run hand in hand with the replay that's going to be on the broadcast they got to go through it and make sure they're not going to broadcast anything that looks too bad because they don't want to make their drivers look bad because we don't like looking bad in Gran Turismo <laughs> you don't do things that make you look bad but anyway yes. <laughs> drinking game for bad drinking games look at <laughs> check I have, out Twitter I have had a few this evening um <laughs> No, but you, you know what I mean, right? So they're setting up this for replay for entertainment purposes, and they've got to cut out what they don't want and keep what they do want. Not only that, they have to allow the stewards to have access to all the footage, all the angles, whenever they want it and how, however quickly they need it. So that's already at least three screens we've got going on in there at once, and three different people or sets of people monitoring different things. So... Yeah, I can't imagine how busy it would be in there. And I imagine I'm, I've am i got a very simple grasp of it there. I'm sure there's a lot more going on than I'm describing. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about mm, to say, I don't mm. want to do you a disservice, but this is like, this is all like, for lack of a better word, speculation. It is We've speculation, got no yeah. idea, But I suppose... Um, like, it would have to at least be as complicated as that, which is still pretty yeah, complicated. Yeah, that, that's the bare yeah, minimum, yeah. I, I think, personally. I reckon, like... If you guys have ever seen one of those like behind the scenes videos of like a film production and you got like director's mm. office and there's like all the different cameras that show all the little angles, but then there's the one in the middle which is the main program. Like you can't tell me that they don't have one camera on every single driver at any given I bet. point and then they just I, I think bet they, they can see it all at once. Know? Yeah. 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 Every then- camera that they've got rolling um not only every physical camera they've got in the building, but also every camera angle in the game. From a spectating yeah. perspective, the onboard of each car, you know, yeah. the onboard from various angles, um, and then obviously spectating like perspective on all of them to see what kind of looks good and what doesn't. So, yeah, there, there must be well, so much not, going on from a TV perspective. Maybe, maybe not like the. I think I think it would probably be more like because have you noticed every time that well not every time. 99 times out of 100 when they do one of those instant replays, it's that roof camera that they've got, the one that we don't The roof camera is so good. I want that. Yeah, yeah. I, love I want the roof yeah. camera. So I reckon, I reckon they must all be trained on. And again, look, purely speculation. We don't know. We're not PD. So, but, um, you know, they might just have every single car on that camera. And then, obviously, if, if Yamanaka's not involved in the events of the race, who, you know, just, he can just that camera can putt along, but if it's Gallo versus Bonelli, then obviously they're going to focus on those two. And, and yeah. then if, um, you know, if Kokubun buys into the battle, then, you know, and, and yeah, they can all just sort of mix and mingle depending on who's getting involved in what drama at any given point. So that's, it's that's- got to require so much on the fly 
you know, movement and reaction times, that race director's got to be on their toes all the time. Like, not only the replays and getting those angles right, but they also have features like the picture-in-picture where they make the screen smaller and they add the driver here and the driver there and they've got the name assigned below it and the name assigned below it and and for the manufacturers, then they've got the rest of the team underneath it. And I've actually seen them be put up as a mistake and they quickly, they very quickly get rid of it. Like, they've had, um, they've had Gallo on the screen and they've had both Beauvoir's name underneath him and then they're like oh shit and they 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 quickly take it back just to race action full screen um and you know it's 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 quite funny to see but that's that's just another thing that they're doing in there you occasionally even see that in real life motorsport supercars on the adelaide um round that just went and i've seen it in formula one too and it went around on twitter a bit because they had the wrong name under a celebrity or something and it was quite amusing oh no was, that's but. hilarious yeah well it yeah, shows it, it happens funny. even in the very very best yeah podcast. exactly so exactly it's, it's it's the it's the horrors i suppose of working with live tv i mean live yeah television or broadcasts or streams there's always the best be example quick, the quick best example you guys remember monaco the lance stroll animation oh yes yes <laughs> <laughs> the the monaco tv rights coming in clutch with that one <sighs> How good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it? it was someone on there, like, flying lap, and they were about to go pole, yeah. and then they're like, no, we're going to show a replay of Lance Stroll exiting the pit lane for no reason. Slightly, yeah. slightly hitting the curb or something. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. On a, on a slight off-topic tangent, did anybody... So you, you guys watched the Adelaide racing? Yeah. I didn't see how, it, no. How good was Cam Waters' driver's eye cam? Oh, yeah, oh, right, was awesome. Mind-blowing. Right. That was so because I've never seen that angle in a supercar before. Well, no one ever, has until no it flashed up. Yeah, okay, yeah, no one has. Yeah, <laughs> until it flashed up on the screen, I was like, "What? What is this? Yeah. What was it? Was it Although, his perspective? Like how it was, much? It was a driver's, so, yeah, was a driver's yeah. eye camera. And There's like, a little camera behind his helmet lens, and, oh, yeah. just like they, they just like they've Formula introduced 1. into. Yeah, yeah, yeah just they, like they've done for Formula One. They did it for. Um, they did it for. I think it was practice, and I think part of the qualifying session. And I'm sitting there going, oh, dude, there's no way they do it during the race, right? But they did it. They did it during the race. They did, like, a full... So good. They need quarters. more of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that was my They little... should give give one every drive. What did you, yeah, what did you learn right. from it? What did you learn from it? What did you see that you were surprised to see? Or I've what? got one. The amount, the amount he was looking around, he was like... Was he moving his head like uh, this all the time? He was, like, moving it. Oh, not all the time. Actually, it was... The moment I got in my head was actually when he entered the pit lane. But he like entered the pit lane and his head did not stop moving. Wow. Like there wasn't there wasn't a moment where he was just like idle, relaxing. He was looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror, seeing uh, like the progress of the tires or whatever, seeing if the fuel was still in, and then looking up in the mirror to see if there's anyone coming down the pit lane. I guess and then yeah, it was just wow, like head great. moving around and then bang the cars. The cars gone. It's like geez, that's so he doesn't relax moment. in a pit stop. That's that's yeah, crazy to think about. Thing about it is that that's pretty true IRL. Like even when we're mm. doing the even when we're doing the NASCAR stuff and all of that, like you don't stop looking. And you know, obviously, yeah. when you when you're going down like a back straight or something, you know, you think, oh, you can chill, but like you're still keeping an eye out for cars. And if if you know that there was a faster car a couple corners back, well, now we might well have caught you by now. So you got to keep an eye out for that. It's kind of like um like obviously we don't have the radar like you do in GT7, but mm. it's you keep looking, you keep blocking that sort of picture. You keep sort of, you know, where is everyone? Who am I catching? Who's catching me? It's the mental radar. Yeah, keeping the keeping the keeping tabs on who's around you because obviously if you go, oh well, I'll just pass this guy, and there's a guy passing you. Well, then 
you know, it's look bad. out. So yeah, yeah. Well, I think we'll we'll touch on briefly some of the cars that have been added recently. So there were three in the previous update, and there are another five that are going to be added tomorrow. Yep. Quick side note: it's good how the number of cars are going up. By the way, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, really filling yeah. out that catalog, eh? Yeah, they are. It's good, good to see. But okay, so in the previous update, we had the BMW M2 competition, the Ford Sierra Cosworth. Have I got that name correct? Yeah, that went and, the RS500. That went down a treat oh, with some of my colleagues when they yes, came over to yeah. try out the sim. They loved it because <laughs> we worked yeah, for Ford, so they were like, "Oh, oh okay. crazy." That's great. And then the last one was the uh, Nissan Silvia, the Ks. I forget the generation designation, but it's like a facelift. Yeah, that's the one that should have been added rather than that older one. Like, I yeah, yeah. Okay. I saw that pop up and I was like, why are they doing this? It's the same car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gran Turismo, I think they're, they're known for that, aren't they? Yeah. yeah some yeah. of their older games. Multiple variations of the same car. Yeah. But... Most of the time, it's usually just like the the, the premium option, like the very last mm. car of its of its run. Yeah. Like for example, the That's... Mazda RX eight Spirit R. It's the the, the best and greatest RX eight that was like ever the made. Top, the top know? trim kind it of was the, kind of thing. Yeah, it was the, la- the last year. There was only so many made. Um, yeah, it was the yeah. best engine it had, the best chassis. You know, it was all facelifted. Blah blah blah. You know, it was the best RX eight that was ever made. Um, and that's the one. It's that's a commemorative edition. It is. Yeah. 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 But yeah, as for those cars, I think the Sierra hit hit the uh, community the the hardest, I guess, in a in a good in, way, in a positive way. Yeah, <laughs> the biggest, that sounded, yeah, that sounded the really biggest, negative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, as, yeah. I was, as I was saying, I was like, hold on, I don't mean it like this. People love the Sierra, I think, out of that yeah. out of that particular update. The Sierra and then, like, was obviously, certainly, the, certainly the shining star of the trio. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then you, obviously you've also got like the individual. Uh, enthusiasts of the other cars like i'm a bmw guy i like i like a good bmw so i'm happy to see the m2 competition in there um i'm not a big jdm fan but i'm sure i'm a big jdm uh, fan yeah, yeah, yeah you are yeah. So you, Admittedly, Sylvia, no, sylvia's aren't really my thing to be honest oh yeah, well, yeah i'm a toyota guy like yeah, yeah all right yeah. fair enough GDRs, yeah, Sylvia's I think, not I think, so much. I think the M2, I think the M2 is a bit of an underrated gem, to be fair, because it it makes a nice change from the the BMW showroom, basically just being M3s. Like you've got the E92, the E46. You know, you've got all these. Yeah, you've that's got, right. You've got the M4, but now we've got the M2 to flesh it. It's, it's like when the Porsche, um, that road going version of the Carrera came out. You know, it was nice because it wasn't a 911. It was something fresh, something mm. new, something a bit against the grain. So yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see an M5 in there. That'd be, oh, that'd be good. There's an M6 race car. There is. I'd like to see the M6 road car, though. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah. Well, I don't actually know what that looks like because that, that car looks like a race car, you know, the M6. It does. Um, I've seen a couple on the street. It's like they look very big. It's only like a two-door car. They are big cars, like, man. The M4 is big. Yeah. The M4 is large. Yeah, yeah. It looks small in the game. Like, it's one of the smaller Group 4 cars. But it's a big car. Yeah. It's a lot yeah, of car. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then we've got, obviously, we've got an update that's scheduled tomorrow. We've only got the silhouettes for now, but I think everyone's pretty much worked out what all the cars are going to be. Should we run through them? Yeah, go on. We've obviously got the, uh, well, we'll get the big one out of the way or the obvious one. The Ferrari VGT is on the way. That one got revealed at Monaco, so I don't think anyone is surprised about that. Um, what do we think of the Ferrari VGT? Eh. Yeah, um, meh, meh. Eh. It's one of those. A lot of people were following it on Twitter. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those ones that it looks really like far out and futuristic, but then when you remember that Ferrari are also working on a hypercar, like when the hypercar gets mm. announced, you're going to see a lot of people sort of drawing parallels. Oh, this is this is similar to Hold that. On. To look Hold like on. Hold on two seconds. That you've just jogged my memory there. I haven't watched it yet, but there's a YouTube channel called Car Wow. You've probably you've probably heard of, heard of them. They're pretty oh, pretty yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah. Are they the guys that do I the think... big long drag races? Yeah, yeah, they do other stuff too, but yeah, majority of the drag races. Hey, his video from yesterday, hopefully, was this. Is that going to focus? Well, there we go. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess that's what you're talking about. That's the new, their new hypercar, I suppose. No, 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 no. Their new, like, um, like the, the Le Mans still in development. hypercar. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sorry, yes. Not, okay. Not, sorry. Not hypercar, I understand. Like, hypercar, hypercar race car. Hypercar. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hypercar. yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Um... Gotcha. Oh, I've. Yeah. I'm across it now. No. Yeah. You're looking it up. The right? um the the Ferrari VGT. I, I forget the name. Things like the Ferrari VGT. I, I'm not really like bothered with. You know. There you go, smoke. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's a pretty looking car, to be fair. It looks yeah. a lot I'd like. like um, I'd like to get that. I'd like to get that in GT7. Could be yeah. a group. I'd also group like that car. Peugeot, that new Peugeot with oh, no yeah, rear wing. Oh yeah, that looks gorgeous. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. No rear wing. That's the name. No, it's got no, no, no rear um, wing. They've no. managed to do the aerodynamics in such a way they don't need a rear wing. Wow. I wonder if it would be better if they had a rear wing. That'll be the Evo. Have, that'll be the probably, Evo Two yeah. model. <laughs> They've they're probably limited. They've probably uh, got a downforce. Oh, limit. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've managed to probably, keep all the downforce and reduce the drag out. by yeah, getting exactly. rid of the wing. Yeah, nice. pretty cool. Clever people. Okay. So the, yeah, very, the Ferrari, the Ferrari car, is, car engineers. The Ferrari is obviously the, the one that we all knew was coming, right? Yeah. The I think it's going to be great for the people. Like, there's always going to be the people that complain, oh, it's another VGT. It's not realistic. It's not, you know, it's, it's some far-fetched fantasy. But... I don't know if you guys agree with me on this one, probably a bit of a hot take, but the latest VGTs that we've been seeing have been a lot more down-to-earth and a lot more realistic. Suzuki yeah. VGT comes Suzuki to mind. Suzuki VGT was a hybrid a hybrid sports car, right? It was a little cute mm-hmm. open-top thing. The Porsche VGT was an electric supercar, which, let's be honest, who isn't working on electric supercars at this, you know, this day and age? And now we've got the Ferrari VGT, which... I've got an oddball, right? Oh, yes. I've got an oddball that could I, I believe can be added to that list. A couple of weeks ago, we had Daily Race A at Monza uh, with the Lamborghini VGT. Oh, yeah. Where I, I decided to give that a go because I was like, oh... So that was oh, the EMEA regional races. final for Nations. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. That's yep. it. Yeah, yep. um, it was one of those ones. I expected to jump into that Lamborghini and it, it'd stick to the road stiff as hell suspension and just like stop on a dime like that kind of unrealistic feeling video game type physics jumped into it man it was wallowing around it's got like a delay in the gear change so like when you're going when you were going through curva grande you'd shift gear and the car would like move a bit like you have to like correct the steering on the gear change because it was like the weight like lurched forward as if a clutch was being engaged and I, that took me by surprise. It was actually a lot harder to drive than I thought it would be, but it feels like it could be a real car. Yeah, I think they've done yeah. pretty well in um, in simulating the feel of yeah. a lot of those VGTs to feel like they're kind of described to feel. 
like the the Suzuki VGT's obviously got the Hayabusa engine, which is just a, a little motorbike engine. It's not got a lot of power, and you know we drove it around uh, Sardinia, and it was a handful, you know, uh, but not because of its power, because it was a road car, and it drove like a road yeah. car. Mm. So I think they've that they're, they're pretty accurate with the VGTs, and they don't they don't make them wildly high performance uh, in a way that they shouldn't be. I don't think they've ever done that. Um, no, they've, no. they've always been kind of like, if they actually built this car for real, this is what this car would drive like. You yeah, know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think like remembering that obviously the the Tomahawk, which is by far the most universally hated VGT, yeah. right? At least for real. Um, unless you I, can exploit its performance points, unless and get you can loads exploit of money. its performance points and make loads of money. But I think maybe after the release of that. PD might have sort of been like, okay, guys, just rein it in a little bit, because you had the Chaparral yeah. as well, which was this mega horsepower, like, completely impossible car. Oh, the, um, the 2X? Was the it 2X? 2X? Yeah. Oh. yeah, it's got, like, bro, thing's got, like, a turbine out the back. It like, yeah. doesn't have a torque figure. Yeah, it's a laser, it's a laser-powered yeah, that's thing. It. So, oh, what I'm getting at is the... Ignoring those ones, like, the, the VGTs in general are usually pretty grounded and pretty down-to-earth. Yeah. It's just that people don't like that they're not commercially available. It's not like they're, they're available cars. It's not a real car! Yeah. I, I mean, want real cars! Even, McLaren even, have, have um, they're making a car which is pretty much just the McLaren VGT. It's called the... Um, yeah, that's it. I don't know what it's called, and it doesn't have the funky right because the McLaren mm. VGT you, you ride it or something. You like you're, you're straddling it like a motorbike or something. Whereas ah. this particular, yeah, have you have you if you've ever looked at the launch trailer for the McLaren, the driver's head's like way forward, and you're you're almost like in a motorbike position. Wow, like it does That's not look weird. doesn't look comfortable at all. But but this particular one, obviously, it's a more conventional driving style. But the car itself is, and they've even outright said, they said, well, we pretty much just updated the McLaren VGT. So the Vision GT program is is contributing a lot more than, like, the casual gamers want to credit mm. it for. So The, the cars yeah. are genuinely yeah. designed and, and created and engineered by the companies themselves. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not just Gran Turismo saying, can we just build this car and call it yours? That's not how it happened. It makes me think. I was th I was actually thinking about this quite recently. Have they? I I do wonder if the VGT program is like to the point where the manufacturers could produce a real life example if they wanted to. They was have. one because they have. Yeah, because like one got uh, made. Yeah, they they do. That one got made. Nate will know more about it than I do, but I remember seeing it somewhere. I think it was McLaren. Yeah. So that no 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 oh, what, hmm, hmm. let's see they've made the Nissan the Mercedes the Volkswagen the Honda I think has a has a working functional model that yeah a lot more of them get made than you think yeah um, right okay the Volkswagen they actually surprised Kaz they didn't they they there's this video of them re revealing it and Kaz was standing there like what the heck this is awesome because it was the Roadster nice. before the before yeah the, oh the okay yeah so oh, that's yeah, great. They do. They do get made a lot. You know, so, sometimes they get made into like models. Obviously, they they're just the ones that yeah, are that, the that's world's what models, yeah. right? But, that's what I mean. Yeah. But there are some. I mean, the Nissan VGT is basically just an R35 with a reskin. You know, it's it's um, mm. just yeah. a futuristic quality, isn't it? So some of them are more. I'll tell you what's interesting about the R35 or the Nissan VGT. It's obviously a GTR 
like it's it's if there was an R thirty six kind of thing. It shares a lot of looks with the new Z. I feel like it has some similarities to it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm googling this right now. No, just some come some kind of exterior design cues that just kind of strike me as a little bit similar. The boxiness, for one, um, is one thing. Like I've, I've, like the the Nissan Z looks like a VGT car. I'll be honest. It looks like it should be a VGT and it should be in production. I think I think the key uh... thing to remember, here, and, and I'm looking at this now, right? I think the key thing to remember too is that. Is about ten years from the VGT to the 400Z, so I, I can see, I, I see what you're saying, and definitely it looks like something that would be a VGT, but it looks like something that would have been a VGT, yeah, a decade ago, rather than yeah. like if they came out today, like hey, here's the new Nissan VGT too. Boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but no, it's, like, uh, it kind of see... shares some style cues. Like it's yeah, 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 yeah. I see it's, it's not like there's like a component on it, like the headlights that look exactly the same. But it just looks like they were both designed by the same person. You know, they very well might have so been. Somebody, too. somebody's gone and done a Nissan VGT Group Three concept. I like that. Yeah. Complete with the Bathurst twelve-hour livery. <laughs> cool. That's nice. I do like that. I, man, that'd be cool to get that one. The 400 Z is pretty crap, though. Did you guys drive it around the um, time trial when it was a thing? Yeah. Not really. Yeah, I didn't um, have the time for it. I did. I it, gave it a go. A lot of people I, were having a whinge about it uh, and saying they didn't like it. It wasn't amazing, but it was just a loose road car, you know? Yeah, but it was, it on, is, it was yeah. on sport hard tires, though, wasn't it? Good question. Yes. It might have been. See, yeah. this is, I think this it is was. the thing. So many of these cars... Can, like so many of these cars and people complain about oh it's such a terrible car to drive more often than not if you just put sports softs not even racing tires just sports softs and that mitigates it. it doesn't make it an angel but it at least makes it a bit more driver like the, the sport hard tires yeah. are very quick like i remember was it um gran turismo sport i think and you know even high-end high-end hypercars like the aston martin 177 on sport hards and it's like what are you thinking this needs like that, that needed like sports offs at the very minimum just to be somewhat yeah. drivable so uh, tire choices are a bit of a curiosity when you buy cars in Gran Turismo but like I said more often than not you can just whack better tires on them and you're, you're straight away you know yeah, that's what, all the tuning they need what's interesting about tire selection for road cars is that if you just throw racing slicks on a normal road car it actually drives like crap um, which I, I think is really cool because obviously you would generally throw racing tires on a car and then modify the suspension to suit those tires or adapt it to suit the tires because the way, and it's always, it was on, it was that way on sport as well. If you threw a, a really fast Ferrari on uh, racing soft tires, the car would handle really unusually, like it would lose grip and then it would suddenly find grip and it would just throw you. Um, and I think that was, yeah, that was really okay. cool. You have to throw it on, um, you know, sports tires so that the lack of grip actually makes it more drivable. Like the car slides in a, um, in a much more controllable manner. And then you would have to adjust the suspension to account for racing slicks. Um, I think one of the tuning aspects of it that gets, um, gets mentioned in the tuning instructions in the game is, uh, natural frequency. It says that, that yeah. it should be between this and this for road tires, and it should be between this and this for something that's on race tires. 
uh, and that's like one of the important things and I think all the other suspension aspects also have to be changed but uh, it's cool that you know a lack of grip can actually make a car drive better um, because it's just better suited to it I think I think a lot of people and and this is probably one of the primary well not primary but I suppose people coming from Gran Turismo Sport to Gran Turismo 7 might not have as much of a handle on this but like Mm, tuning matters like if you you know gt sport right you spend your mileage points and you unlock your little sliders here's your minimum power here's your maximum power you know you you just slide it and you do the same for the weight right but the tuning in gt7 is so in-depth and i I already know straight away there'll be people oh it's not that in-depth oh you know forza does it better or whatever but like you know like if, if you put a high lift camshaft in your in your engine it's going to rev higher, isn't it? Or the rev range is going to be higher. But then if you do a stroke, if, if you stroke up your engine, your RPMs are actually going to be lower. But both of them still add power, but they still change the characteristics of the engine. It's, it's, it's a dynamic, you know, it actually changes the behavior of your car. It's like even down to little things like uh, weight reduction actually makes the interior, the, the cockpit cam of your car sound louder because it removes huh. all the sound insulation. Oh, does it? Yeah. That's cool. Oh. Oh, I didn't stage, know that. Stage one and two, I think. Sorry, stage one and two alter the volume of the inside the package. Oh, that's something really nice. cool. Okay. Do you remember that little kind of series that you did that was like on Twitter and it was two identical photos side by side, one before tire wear and one after tire wear? Yeah, yeah. You should do something like that for this and, and yeah, other stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, go on. We didn't yeah, know maybe. that. And I guarantee there's so many other people out there who also didn't know that. And I think... Um, you could throw so much content That's how you get those likes. Yeah, That's how you yeah, get those yeah, likes. The easiest way to learn, or the easiest way to like hear the difference, right, is to take, I don't know, let's say the McLaren 650S, right? You take a road-going 650S, chuck a racing exhaust on it, it's going to sound the same as the Group 4 car, right? So you drive it, you listen to it, and you go, oh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Then you hop in the Group 4 car, and you go, holy smokes, why is it so much louder? It's a race car. It's stripped out. It's, it's got, got no sound so yeah. Try that next time you're on GT7, and, uh, and let me know how you get along. So... Yeah, That's maybe I'll cool, do some man. videos on it. But, That's um, very cool. Because there was an follow update. his Twitter; it'll be on the screen. <laughs> yeah, it'll be on the screen. Oh, yeah. That was one of the patch. Um, that was one of the changes they did in a, a few updates back. Was they changed how much the volume? Cha- they they made it. You know, a oh wow! Bit louder, a little bit louder. Um, stage more two, of a difference. Yeah, yeah, was a bit more audibly different. So yeah, but That's cool, man. What I was, yeah, what I was getting at is that. So many people think, oh, more power, racing tires, sweet as, but obviously there's a lot more to it than that. So. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Each, the, the, the different modifications that you make actually affect it in ways, yeah. in subtle ways that you're describing that we would never think about. You know, we do weight reduction just to make the car go faster and stop faster. But Polyphony have gone, it makes the car go faster and stop faster. But also, when you're, when you're inside it, it changes the noise because that's what would happen in a real car yeah it actually sounds and that's one of those things so underrated that's so underrated yeah yeah, that's underrated man yeah i've never heard anyone talking about to do you know that deserves much more credit than it's getting maybe i'll do that tonight even i'll just i'll just go again it's a bit hard too because like weight reduction is a permanent thing like you can't just go into the settings oh i want stage one weight reduction oh i want stage three so Unless you're like specifically, you know, listening for it, you don't know. Or, or maybe you've got two different cars. One's got stage zero. One's got stage five. You know, like yeah, you could just buy two yeah. two Honda Civics from the used car lot, 
drive, do the weight reduction on one, nothing on the other, and then drive them and see the difference. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But that's, anyway, that's worth talking about. We have gone wildly off topic, gentlemen. We were talking about... <laughs> <laughs> we, were we were talking I, about... You, we're, said, we're you said before we started, we're going with the flow. That, we always go with the flow. That's okay. Great. That, that's part of what makes this podcast, I think, not too shabby, so... Very oh, BGT. If, if you do say so yourself. I do say, no, you're the one that does all the work. <laughs> I just I just talk a bit of smack and you know share some exposition. But uh, Ferrari VGT, obviously coming tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Um, which car do you want to talk about? There's first, some other smoke? ones. There's some. Hey. Which car do you want to talk about first? Because you got four to choose from. Uh, of yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get the Toyota Celica World Rally car out of the way. Yes. Atom Seas. <laughs> yes. The Castrol Toyota Celica. I'm so happy. Cheetah car. The illegal so car. It should it be is, yes. banned from all cheating. the races. If yep, you drive so, that car in a Nations Cup race, you just get banned straight away. You just get banned. I, I wonder if it'll be Group B. I hope it is. Yeah, um, that was my question. I, I'm expecting so, it to be, to be honest, <laughs> because they've already got the Celica GT4 as a road car, so they should make it Group B. Um, and I think that'll be really cool. They need to just not call it Group B anymore. Like, it's got... They need to break away. It was cool in GT Sport because, obviously, they were all fictional cars and, you know, good for them. It was a, it was a, a fictional, fake mock-up class. because. And then they got the Pikes Peak Quattro, and that was kind of like, yeah, okay, we'll tolerate it. Now they just need to call it, like, Group R or Group D or something, and just, just, just then it could be a... Well, they, could, they could bring back the X. They could call it just Group X, but X can stand for, like extreme like off-road or extreme, something yeah, uh, yeah i don't know it doesn't really work I think group it? r or group yeah group d um is is good you know stick with the group category well I, mm. they've gone with b because group b is an old yes like it's an it's old an homage, real life. it's an homage to the category that was uh you know crucified uh at one point yeah, it was too went, dangerous yeah but they, they went with group b because all the and you got to remember at the at the start of sport they didn't have the Quattro, or they didn't have any real rally cars, so all those cars that they built were just a modern reimagining of, if Group B was still around today, what would the cars look like, you know, how would they drive, how would they perform? Four-wheel drive now Mustang, the four-wheel drive yeah, MSX. Yeah, so now that they've answered that question, and have obviously they've added the Quattro and the Peugeot, and, and now there's the Celica coming, if, if it is Group B, it might not be, you know, the, the Escudo's not Group B, so... Yeah. No, it's, no, it's, it's not, not categorised. What? It'd be way too OP, I reckon. It would yeah, be, well, but like, surely it could be bopped, you know? Well, it would get bopped. Surely, You'd, you'd yeah. be running, like, half the power. Yeah, and then the power band is, is so steep that it yeah, would just be yeah. weird. I don't know. Yeah, they, haven't, know. They, haven't, they haven't bopped the Escudo, so it's entirely possible they might not bop the Celica. But if they do, I mean, yeah, like I said, they've Group B... Oh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. I do hope that they do. I, I, I do love that car. But yeah, um, do we do we want to go into the history of the car and the, the cheating scandal that um, that it went through? Oh, uh, about it? Go on, because I'm man. actually not aware. Are you, are you not up to speed know. on this? Mark? I'm not across it. Oh, no. it's good. It's a good story. It's a good, it's go good on, historic man. story. Go on, man. We got um, time. We got time. All right. Well, the the car was uh, back... This is back in... What, what group was it, Nismo? Was it group, uh, group A? Group A, yes. Yeah, so you had group the last... Lancia Delta, the Evos, the Imprezas, yeah, that's. So this is back when you had to make two thousand five hundred units of the car you're entering in the competition yeah, and yeah, sell okay. them to the public, um, and then they were obviously modified for for rally and and things like that. Um, and I think it was Toyota Team Europe uh, that that had the car. They were they were the ones who were running it in the rally championship, in the World Rally Championship. Is that right, No? 
As so Rover, yeah, team, team Toyota Europe TTE, yeah. Yeah, to, to, I think it was Toyota Team Europe, yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah. uh, European team running the Castrol um, livery, the Toyota. Um, so the cars had, I think, restrictors uh, on the turbo inlet um, to kind of bop the power so that it was all equal. They could all yeah. they could all only get an identical amount of air into the turbo and therefore into the engine that will make the same power. Um, and one of the engineers on TTE had developed a very, very, very clever component that allowed them to uh, basically get the car to inhale more air um, and bypass... In a, in a small way, the the valve and the the, the blocker or, or whatever you would call it, um, and allow a bit more air in, um, and it would only open to allow this extra air in when everything was sealed up and closed, and when the car was inspected, um, you know, just oh, just at normal times, okay. they'd take it apart and nothing would look unusual, um, and it was it all looked perfect. The um, the what do they call it? The not they don't like, call it a blocker. Like Scrutineering. Oh no, sorry. What are you talking no, about? No, the, com- the the component itself the, that they put um, on it. The yeah, it was like a little it was like a little housing. But so you got your turbo and you got your little inner bit that goes in there. But there was like a rubber, like a rubber. No, I can't remember the word for it. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah anyway, it was and, it was designed and, to prevent uh, a larger amount of air going in. So it would it would it was yeah, a restrictor. Yeah. It was a restrictor. That's what it was called. Um, and yeah, they, 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 they put like some kind of valve on it that would push the restrictor away from the housing uh, so that more air would come in around the restrictor as well as through it. So um, it wasn't noticeable during scrutineering. They couldn't, they weren't found for it. They only got pinged for it because someone knew about it and told the officials about this its is, existence. This is the thing though. This is the thing. No, we don't actually know how we assume it was a whistleblower, but we like to this day, people don't exactly know how the FIA caught onto it. it we, ah. The obvious answer is a whistleblower, but yeah, somebody dobbed them in. Is 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 the it's general like, consensus? Um, yeah, basically, it's kind of similar to Volkswagen's diesel gate. They had a similar thing. Was that their basically, emissions? They developed, yeah, the emission scandal because they ba- basically they developed a program that the car would run on, and it would only access that particular engine map when it sensed the car was being tested. So obviously when the car was being tested, it was sat on a rig being revved up, but basically they fitted the cars with sensors to tell whether the car was actually moving. And if the car was revving and the wheels were spinning, but the car wasn't physically moving, it detected yeah, on crazy. being tested. We'll, we'll use, the, we'll use the, the test map, but then like customer cars, they wouldn't use it. So they... They got all the We're power and none of the lack of emissions. Blowing out more emissions. Oh, yeah, here we yeah, go, yeah. here we go. So I've just found the I've just found the little schematic of the turbo. I'll show you in a second. But so it's it's great. It's fantastic. It's like it's like the, little claws turbo... that would push it away, basically. Yeah. So the FIA would happily tear apart an engine if it meant finding yeah, my yeah, new thing, right? And um, so basically, when the car was moving and the turbo was engaged, right, the restrictor plate would be moved back just a couple of mil, and it was just enough to negate the, the effect of the restrictor. So here's your... Or reduce it, at least. So there's... I don't know if you can see. So there's your legal, and there's your yeah. illegal. <laughs> Crazy. Where was it? Five millimetres. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Five that, millimetres. So that was wow. just enough, and I think it was good for, like, 15% more power I think Atom it was a lot it was it was it was that, yeah. significant but it was not enough for for people to necessarily go they must be cheating 
because mm. um, they, they, they weren't convinced until someone dobbed them in, I'm pretty sure. The irony is that they were, they were accused of something completely different. I think it was like illegal fuel. They were like, oh, the fuel must be illegal. So they got tested. And obviously the fuel was mint. It was fine. Yeah. And yeah, and it was a turbo all along. So yeah. So it turned out to be a big scandal, did it? Oh yeah, it, it was did, huge. It they got, so they got picked out. They were gone. They were never allowed to compete wow. with it again. Um, I think the team got banned. I'm, I'm not sure, but you know, got, like yeah, the the the, FI, the the great part of the story is the FIA uh, scrutineer who found it, or w- was the guy who took it apart and discovered it and figured out how it worked and what it did. He said it was the most ingenious uh, piece of engineering that he had ever seen in his life. Wow! Um, because it was just well, that's so just a compliment. yeah, exactly. That's such... He was like, he yeah. was like, you know, they're cheating and they're banned, obviously. But I am so impressed with how clever the you know the the device and the invention was mm. so you know yeah. like the guy on the team who who made it like you know clever guy clever guy kudos oh. yeah it's probably yeah. the most genius wow. probably the most genius turbo related cheat since or since but um the only one that comes close was ford in 2003 that was like with the storing the boost past the restrictor i don't know if you guys know about that one. Oh yeah i, so think, I think i've heard about that no. one I'll, I'll summarize it because it's completely off topic again, but Ford in 2003 <laughs> had the Euro- so European spec Ford Focus, but they ran the United States Was spec. this Rally too? Yeah, this was Rally as well. This is Rally as well. Um, so if you look at the 2002 Ford Focus and the 2003 Ford Focus, they used the American bumpers, which are a lot bigger, they're bulkier, and the reason mm. they did that was because they had a little tank behind the bumper that stored, so you had your turbo, the air comes in through the turbo, there was a small bleed off that went to a tank behind the the um, bumper. It was a little home was, for compressed air, and it was and it was stored there. And basically, whenever they wanted a boost, they could just release that air, and it gave them more power. The oh, thing about yeah. it was because that air had already been past the restrictor, it was fair game, so they could add it on top of the restricted the restrictor. That's interesting. So, so did they did, oh, did they okay. did they like uh, permanently reduce their power and then allow themselves to influx a large amount what? at once? Yeah, I'm not sure how exactly it was implemented because it sounds like they, there would be a con to that as much as there's a pro. Yeah, you know? well, they they must have done it in such a way that they were still obviously not compromising performance. And the only <laughs> the only way they got found out was because they. Um, one of the cars was involved in a scrap and the bumper came off and they said, oh, what's uh, that tank for? Uh, I was about to say that. Surely, yeah, like, that sounds like as soon, as, soon as you find, have a uh, fender bender, yeah, yeah. as soon as you have a fender bender and the bumper falls off, they're like, oh, what's that tank you come, doing? You there? come around <laughs> it. Like it, was, it wasn't like a big, obvious look at this tank tank. Yeah. It would have been quite small, ones. yeah. But as long like, as you can, you can carry, you know, 40 PSI of, well, I mean, that's pressure, but, you know, yeah, it wouldn't yeah, have I, to I be particularly large. get what you're saying. Be be like um because you'd be adding it to already compressed air that's running through the system anyway so you could you could just bleed in a pound of pressure at a time and you'd get a significant boost for a long period it's like in um like need for speed games how they have a nitrous boost but the nitrous magically recharges yeah 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 yeah. that's (laughs) as you're driving yeah that's exactly what it is yeah, yep. Only yep. as you're driving in oncoming traffic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Or, Every or, time yeah. you have a near miss with a car, you get a little bit of, a little bit of extra. Is that why they like driving oh through trees God. in Finland? Is that why they like having the trees so they keep getting the near miss? 
But yeah, no, the, the Celica is a very cool addition yeah, and a lot nice. of history behind that car. The race car itself um, was really cool. Yeah. The, oh, the homologation car, because you had to make 2500 to sell to the public um, in order to enter it in the WRC, is worth so much money. Because there was literally only 2500 made. that They made 2500 wow, really? and that was it. They did stopped. It, did it have the illegal turbo? On the the, the production model, no. Did it have no, the because they weren't fitted with the restrictor, so they didn't need the illegal. Oh, illegal no, fair enough. Fair um, enough. Oh, there you go. Yeah. The, the the WRC one came with um the, so this two thousand five hundred homologation one because I've I've owned two of these cars, but they weren't the WRC one. Um, the extras that they have is they have all the plumbing required for anti lag. Um, oh, to, to put it on the real car, you have everything there that you need. Um, I can't remember what it's missing. It's missing like one thing, and then you can just—it's done. You can you can turn it on, and it's good. Nice. Um, like and it's also got—I uh, can't remember. I can't remember, but it's got all the all the plumbing that that it needs for it. I think it's yeah, because it, it's not run electrically. It's run run in some other way. But um, it was easy to add on. It had a higher rear wing, uh, and it had like a water sprayer for the intercooler um, oh, that would cool down the intercooler um, just while it was sending air through it so yeah. it had a, it had a couple of cool things on it and they're worth they're worth a pretty penny those cars they're, they're worth a lot yeah they all have they the little plate on it saying one. number of like number 137 of 2500 have a little, yeah. have a little plaque yeah, yeah yeah so okay when, when are you buying one atom never i think on i think new zealand <laughs> got like three of them Oh, yeah. mate, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but hey, I'm not one, The same thing yeah. happened. The same thing happened with the Ortec Pulsar. They only made like 570 of them, but and you have like three so, of them. I got four, but so four? many of them. <laughs> so many of them are like have been imported to New Zealand now that like they're they're semi common around. You know, oh, what's that? Oh, it's an Ortec. You Pulsar. picked yours oh, up yes. quite cheap, haven't you? Because uh, people don't know I, what they are. I paid. What did I pay? Twelve hundred bucks, and I had to go pick it up from Wellington. Oh, really? Wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, people don't know what they have, man. That's all right. Uh, and how much are they worth? Uh, well, there's a mint one on Trade Me at the moment for like thirteen grand, but that's like low yeah, case nice. mint condition. Yeah, you know? it's hard to say how much because it would take someone who knows what they're looking for to find it. Because Nismo mm. now would probably see one that's selling for five thousand, be like, nah, it's too much. To be honest, mm. I got that what, one for twelve hundred. Surely I can find really another one. What's really interesting, cheaper. though, well, yeah, like all things, though, you get your low K ones and you get your ones with the like. Um, some of them come with a body kit. There's like a particular body kit. Yeah, really and the rough. wing. They're only made. Yep, yep. Um, what's really interesting is that Australia has a lot of like. I don't know how the logistics work, but I guess New Zealand imported a lot more of them than Australia because every time I post something, because like I'll be selling some tail lights or some side skirts or just any bit that I don't want or don't need. And most of the people that hit me up are, oh, can you send it to Australia? Can you send it to, you know, Victoria? Would you do shipping? Would you do shipping? And it's like, Australia's got a hell of a demand for them and we've got all the, the market by the looks. Mm. So that's just... Yeah, all the stocks in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, for some reason. So... Yes. Yeah. So anyway, we've gone wrong you're the hoarding them again, again, again. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's true. That's true. Oh yeah, I know. We, we, we've got to get right. to Monaco. What's the next yeah. car? What's okay. the next car? Okay. The next, the next cars. The, these ones that's are. That's the only one that I, I cared about. Sig so, you know. Significantly less. Yeah, let's... History to them, I guess. Let's, let's... We've got the Alfa Romeo Giulia GTA. The only thing I will say is I'm surprised it's not the GTM or the GTAM because. Okay. Because was. I think the. 
Sorry, I just I think it actually is the GTA M because I remember seeing someone, oh, I remember seeing someone saying, "Oh, I wish it was just the GTA because," and they had their reason. So I think it might be the GTA M. Just oh, okay. Um, am I full of crap? I don't know my. Oh, we don't know because so. we're only going off silhouettes, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Look, it's funny because I've written GTA because I remember like someone saying, "Oh, I wish it was the GTA M," mm-hmm. and now Nesmo's got the same thing. Yeah. Okay. People we'll just find don't out know. tomorrow. Exactly. We're going to find out. We're going to find out very soon, anyway. But yeah, our viewers yeah, will exactly. know before they even watch this episode. Exactly. So, um, and then the other ones, uh, the Bugatti Chiron. I think that's good because we've only really had the Bugatti VGT, which kind is of is it a group three? Which... <laughs> <laughs> so that we can have Bugatti and manufacturers. <laughs> go, oh, true. Let's go. I don't know. See, this, true. Is, this is a question that I've actually pitched um, before to various people is that if bugatti got a group three car would it be the veyron or would it be the vgt it'd surely be a vgt there's no veyron race car as far as i know yeah but there's no veyron group four either but here we are so yeah Uh, but uh, the race car is generally like something that exists yeah that's true the chiron's going to be the big ticket item that's going to be two three million dollars yeah what color is your bugatti i was just going to say you know there's going to be an anti-fake livery (laughs) Yep, hundred percent. Cosmo livery. That'll be. I feel like it's going to be very hyped, but it's going to drive. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be slow. Yeah, it's not going like, to. It's not going to handle very yeah, well, is gonna, it? I already know it's that it's going to come on sport hard tires, which is only going to compound the issue. Um, hey, whatever. I can't wait to whack racing. The board. the actual Bugatti Chiron have to get special tires designed specifically yeah, for it to deal with the four hundred k an hour speed. Yeah. Top. Topping speed, yeah, but it was the same with that. Sounds sounds same, correct. Same with the regular Veyron. Same with the I think the Pagani Wire has got its own because the the rear tires are so fat. They're like they're thick boys. Um, huge. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be the big ticket item. Uh, and then yeah, uh, and then the last the last one we think is the C8 Corvette, the most recent Chevrolet Corvette. I'm a fan of that. This is, the one that, that. Yeah. this is the one that we think. think this is the one that we think because, like, I've heard some people suggesting it might be some. Is it the Maserati MC20 or something? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, this this is the thing, right? We're all like, I, I've got these from Nenkai, so he's the the bloke on Twitter that data miner, like data yeah. mines, yeah, the yeah, data miner. Basically, he's basically confirmed what the cars are going to be. Um, and actually, Nismo and I were just before you got here, Atom. Um, Nismo and I were sort of just briefly discussed like, is it good that we have Nenkai or a data miner to tell us? Yeah, it is. Or it is. We prefer to... If you don't want to see his stuff, yeah, you just yeah. don't follow him on Twitter and you'll be fine. Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm also, I've just gone to his tweet, by the way. It is the GTAM for the Alpha oh, okay. so I was wrong. There you go. Apologies, everyone. Look at that. False false advertising going on here. But yeah, basically, he's got Chevrolet Corvette C8 Stingray, Toyota Celica GT4 Rally Car, Ferrari Vision Gran Turismo, Alfa Romeo Giulia GTAM, and Bugatti Chiron. That's what he's written. See, the logical tweet for what's coming. The next question that I know we're going to start seeing crop up more often is when are we going to get the C8R? And when are we going to get the the road car or is that the race car? A race car, the Group Three. It's the race it's, it's, car. Yeah, I, th- I, I was literally about to ask that. I think that should come yeah. too. We got the Audi I mean, R8 LMS Evo, so why can't they, um, you know, add other modern? To be fair, right? Whole kit, 
whole can of worms, but Chevrolet is not the only one with outdated. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, outdated GT or Group 3, Group we've 4 only, Yeah, we've Ferrari only just had the mind. Nissan come in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Ferrari comes to mind particularly because the 458 was two generations ago. They're up to the F8 now. We haven't say, seen the, the Ferrari, 488. The Ferrari 488 could come to the game and it would already be outdated. So yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, the new yeah. Nissan's not even that modern, isn't it? It's like 2018. Yeah, but I don't really think there's been much change, whereas the Ferrari's mm-hmm. gone through a whole another generation. Right. Uh, the Nissan the Mercs just, as well. What are the Mercs running now? Um, yeah, they're running they're still pretty running. AMGs. Still yeah, most AMG GTs. Aston Martin could do with an upgrade. They've got the V12 Vantage. They could. They the updated the livery. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I drove that car recently. I know. In the it was game. a good video. Game. Good video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. I hope to get another one out soon. Baron um, with the 720s. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. No. I'd like to see that. I've always wanted the 720S. I'm, I'm a bit of a McLaren if, fan. So. If anyone's played ACC, then they'll have an idea of what cars should be coming. Yeah, but that we want to come to Gran Turismo. So. Exactly. I've been playing that recently, actually, funnily enough. Yes, yes. Did you do all right in your slick tyres on the rain? <laughs> no, I, I ended up using the wet tyres. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I came dead last. Tires well. in the rain, I, I was hey. last. Oh, wait, dead set. Yeah, I was. No, but it was. It, I was too slow. I was too slow. I'm not good enough on that game uh, yet. Um, but I learned a lot. You'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. Uh, fair enough. Just keep trying. You'll get there. We'll take uh, take Sarah's line. <laughs> um, okay. Well, the other big stuff before we get to Monaco, we still got Monaco to talk about. I'm rare yep. to get into that yep. tracks. We've got we've got a new track, and this is traditionally a pretty big deal in the old Gran Turismo update verse. Road Atlanta is now in Gran Turismo Seven. What do we reckon? I haven't driven it yet. Yeah, no, well, I haven't driven it I've yet. I've only been on the game lately, honestly. <laughs> no, so well, we've got bad. like uh, after this comes I'm out, stuck. I will have been already. But we got um, the F one competition in Auckland this weekend, which um, is taking uh, up a lot of uh, a lot of time. I'm, I'm coming to. I'm coming to see you for that because I've been asked to race in the curtain razor. So really, who asked you to oh, do that? Nice. Oh, one of the guys that uh, one of the guys that I know through a guy who knows, and yeah, it's sort of the. Who knows a guy got me a seat in a Red Bull competition? I need to find out. I need, <laughs> I need to find out from you afterwards too, just exactly who's coming because I want to try and see if we can't do something about you know do some content for that. But anyway, well, me, Matthew, and uh, Monkey Matt, as well as um, I think Tez, if he turns up, I assume he's coming. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's qualified. He's in. So if he's yeah, coming, he's damn, this sounds good. Yeah. Well, you know I'm what's totally crazy is there's a, it's an F one. I literally wasn't in a different. It's country. a New Zealand Championship F one esports competition, right? But all of the drivers who are going are Gran Turismo drivers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we got we you got know Lewis and if, Sub True coming along. Hopefully, if that doesn't <laughs> strike, if, if that doesn't mean that Gran Turismo is the superior sim. I don't know what does. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, I think I think um I think that's that's a pretty cool thing personally. I think that's the quite chances cool. the chances yeah, of a good. GT driver winning are pretty high. They are pretty high. Speaking. You got four out of five. I think there's only yeah. one person who's, who's not a um Gran Turismo driver that we know of anyway. Yeah. Are they actually like Formula One instead? Nah, um I, I don't Formula know what one they are. driver. If it's the guy, I think it is. Which I, actually, I don't think it could be because I'm pretty sure they weren't 18. So I don't actually think it would be them. Ah. Um, oh, but there yeah, was a, there was a young kid in Tauranga who um, who turned up, and he was. We we both he and I both had a go on 
the Assetto Corsa simulators, which were run by a company called The Cave. Really cool stuff, by the way. Ooh, Shout yes, out The Cave. Yeah. Um, we both had a go, and he had a faster lap time than me. Only marginally, um, but we both got the same you know, chance to set a lap time, and he outperformed me. So he's clearly you know, got his head screwed on when it comes to that sort of stuff. Turned up and drove on, on the GT Sims that I was running um, and uh, did very well there as well. I uh, don't know how fast in comparison to myself he was there, but hopefully he wasn't as fast. But he was really good. So there's a lot of people around that, you know, come from other Sims that, you know, they transfer the skills and they do quite well. Yeah. That's cool, yeah. yeah. That'll be a good little competition there. Exciting. Looking forward to it. So anyway, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Um, if neither of you guys have driven it, then... It's not really much point asking uh, you guys how you think about it, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I've but, seen a lot of footage. I heard of the track limits though. are crap. The track limits are. There's always. We're seeing a bit every, of that in the time trial think, this week. I think the thing about the time it is, trial is road Atlanta. Every every track there's going to be track limits that can be exploited, yeah. right? And it's and it's especially because the time trial is a very, uh, you know, it's, it's Gran Turismo's Formula One car, so to speak. It's there. It's there. Single seater. The X twenty nineteen is the holy it's grail the, of Grand yeah, Prix racing. It's it's the pinnacle of esports competition. You know, it's 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 the Formula One. Yeah, it's probably the best way to to describe it. But, When's the um, last time we had a um like a a world tour event and the final race for Nations Cup wasn't in the X twenty nineteen? I don't, I don't remember think one. so. No, I think that I think we have. I think, it's I think we have. I think we have. But it's like I think there's been one time where it hasn't been. Oh, I know where. Uh, it was Le Mans. Uh, in the F fifteen hundred TA. Oh yes, Michael oh, yeah, got yeah, dived okay. by Karatza on the last chicane. That's right. Um, I remember that one now. By, by Crash Ratza. Yeah, Crash Ratza. That's the one. <laughs> Shout okay, out Tom Brooks for that one. Adriano won't be coming on our podcast anytime soon. Thanks. He will not be. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the X twenty nineteen is basically the final boss of Gran Turismo, so to speak. It's, yeah. it's the car that. If you're the if you're Valerio Gallo or if you're yeah Igor Fraga and you have made it you're you're within the, the trophy is within your hand sort of thing you you have to get through that car first right so exactly it's always it's always going to be a very um, finicky car to drive and especially at a track like Road Atlanta which I didn't know anything about it I'd never seen it I'd never driven it I'd never nothing before this update truck so. My experience in Gran Turismo is literally my first experience with the track. And it's pretty tedious at first. Like, it's one of those ones... Chase Cam is actually a pretty, like... It's a pretty good cheat because of how undulating the surfaces are. It's actually pretty hard to race in... Yeah, it looks like you it. can't see much. Yeah, you, you sort of... You, you, you do need to sort of sight the track a bit. And then once you know what's coming, then obviously you can sort of... It's very blind. Very mm. blind. Um... You know, it's it's a minute lap, as you've seen with the Red Bull. So we're not talking the most complex track in the world. We're not talking the most technical, but it is once you know where everything is, you can pretty consistently lap it. And and yeah. the, the only corners, eh? A lot of very high speed corners, and also corners that drag on for a lot. You're, you're turning for a quite a while compared to obviously some other uh, comparative corners. So there's certainly it's not a very tire-friendly track. Nah, it looks no, like no. it looks like there's not a lot of opportunity to overtake too. Although I did see a lot of people posting really, really uh, what well, videos they were of races they were really happy about from the daily race in the MX-5s. There, that looked like fun. Mm. But I think that's 
almost more so down to the MX-5 than the uh, the track itself. That's yeah, it's definitely, uh, and it's hard too because one of the races that came with the track was a thirty-minute Group One race. So Ugh. all the all the talk about oh, slow cars are the best, and you know, low power, it's 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 really good. But then you still also have to wrangle a Group One car around there with just the same. What? That's the thing, right? Is it? Is it the? Uh, it's the host track for the Petit Le Mans. Am I right? Uh, am I correct in saying that, or have I got the wrong track? Something like that. They do run prototypes around there. They do. I think, yeah. yeah. Like, there's an endurance. There's a annual Short endurance track. race that happens at Road Atlanta. Short track for an endurance race. Holy! Yeah, I know. I know. Yep. Sixty seconds. Well, that's ridiculous. That's in a Six, Red Bull. Sixty to be seconds fair. in a Red Bull. It's probably a minute. Uh, with hybrid power, I think I'd be going faster. <laughs> actually there was a Minute. there was a guy um sorry there was a guy i because as soon as i heard that the track was coming i was like on youtube i was like right i need to see what this looks like and i think the 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 laps that i saw were sort of like minute 15 minute 16 and that was a that yeah. was a daytona prototype um you know the guy was like sort of commentating his lap oh you turn here and you break here and wow look i'm fast so um, the pit entry is a real mongrel too by the way it's probably one of the hardest pit entries to not get a penalty just i've heard this just, from yeah gt drivers. um yeah interesting so I definitely i'll tell you what you another one that we discovered was very easy to get a penalty on recently was sukuba yeah yeah Uber do pit you entry. have to follow do you have to follow the pit entry not 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 once tiny. you go past the little board, no. Uh, the the okay, pen entry right. line, you know how you have the solid white line and you have a dotted line usually that you can cross the dotted yeah. line but not the solid white line. The dotted line yeah. is about a car length long. And then Jeez. and then it's all solid white. And before the dotted line, it's grass. So you've got you you got a you got a really small window to get into the pit lane. I think the thing to remember You have to really know you gotta do I it. I think yeah. the thing to remember too with um with, with Sakuba is that it's a very small car track. Like it's built for like yeah. S14s, Trunos, you know, smaller MX cars. Fives. Yeah, they yeah they can do a 59 second lap, but they're not like you're not going to see Super GT cars there. You're not going to see prototypes. You're not going to see Red Bulls. It's yeah, unless it's Gran Turismo, in which case they'll run a manufacturer series right? event with GT3 Here's a funny cars. Little, uh, funny little bit of trivia. Uh, Nismo, you've jogged my memory. Tsukuba back in GT Sport was added in the same update as Super GT cars were. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, obviously, I don't think they were implying that yeah, the, yeah. it's yeah. I don't think they were implying the Super GT cars belong on Tsukuba, but it's just funny that they were added in the same update yeah. because everyone naturally would have been like, "Oh, let's try the new car on the new track," and it was like you're not. <laughs> wasn't like mm. a actual like feasible combination that's the fact that gran turismo um, has a hard on for doing roadster endurance races there like yeah, every single yeah. gt i think aside from sport has a roadster like four hours around sakuba and a roadster that's eh. torture it, it <laughs> takes a bit it takes a bit so yeah yeah okay um well we're almost finished with the track talk but there's two two tracks i want to bring up that are kind of it's not confirmed, but it's rumoured that it may be coming in tomorrow's update. So it may already be in the game by the time you're watching this podcast or listening. Uh, the Nürb There's two Nürburgring layouts, Nürburgring Sprint and Nürburgring Endurance. So they've revealed themselves in, uh, like, oh, there was a list. Again, Nenkai, shout out to Nenkai on Twitter. Um, 
But yeah, additional Nurburgring layout. So the Nurburgring Sprint, but like that's the, the GP shorter... in half, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Basically, mm. so I think you come out of, uh, I think you come out of the Mercedes Arena, isn't it? Mercedes yeah. Arena, and then you hook a right hairpin out onto the back straight before the left right onto. The you back know straight, what's crazy about adding that is that Tedney did a, a uh, he did yes. a video about track layouts that weren't in the game that could be in the game very easily, um, and that was like Suzuka West. Um, and Nürburgring layout C or D or whatever it is uh, that cuts the yeah. GP in half. Um, and he, and, he, exactly. and he, he literally drove the car on the track and he said, look here, this is the road that it uses. There's barriers in the way, obviously, because this is the GP layout. Um, but if they remove the barriers, we could drive here um, and use this layout of track. And now they're doing it. So maybe they watch his videos. Now they're potentially doing it. I think they do. Well, they it. watched his... It could be... Uh, they, they watched his... Um... Dear Gran Turismo video, that famous one from a couple of years ago. Mm. They did watch that. He he said on stream that someone actually contacted him to translate it to Japanese so they could watch it. Oh, which I, I thought was That's really I, cool. I'm sure Tichney was Tichney was ha probably happy, he would have been happy about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was proud of that. Actually, something else I did want to mention regarding that back in GT Sport, when the Nürburgring GP layout was initially in the game, like, I forget whether it was added as an update or it was there from launch or whatever, um, but when it was first appeared in the game, it was called GPF, because that's the actual name of the track. Yes, it was. But then in a later update, they removed the F and just called it GP. I think they did that to kind of remove the speculation that the GPD layout could be added, because mm. that's what the sprint is. It's actually called GPD. Um, like yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> so German I guess word, yeah probably. they 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 got rid of the got rid of the F to stop yeah. speculation I guess which but it's it's good to see I mean it's still called GP in GT7 now but we are getting the other circuit the shorter one the other one uh, I f I feel like it's a little bit of an unnecessary addition the Nurburgring Endurance. It's the 24-hour layout, except it uses the GPD. Yeah, so it cuts the GP in half the same way. It just, just cuts the GP in half, the whole, that's um, it. I feel like it was in Gran Turismo 5 or 6 or something. Wasn't it called, like, the Nürburgring Type V? Something like that. I remember, I, I recall seeing a some layout. Yeah, it was called Type V. And same Interesting. thing. Uh, I, I like that they're adding that. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever going to use it, but I think it's a, it's a layout that obviously exists in real life and does get used. Yeah, true. So, I guess there's also plenty of other variants too, because we don't know whether... Well, yeah, we don't know just yet. Well, I wonder if there's yeah, a maybe, version of the... Maybe the Nürburgring Endurance uh, uses the Mercedes Arena, whereas the Nürburgring 24-hour layout doesn't. Yeah. Or uh, maybe the Sprint... Or maybe the sprint layout will use the open chicane. I think the I think, the twenty four hour chicane. I think the big complaint that's going to come if if they come in the same update, which I mean, hey, they might, they might not. Um, exactly. I mean, yeah, we don't. Catalonia obviously remember it got three layouts <laughs> in one update, you know, and that was that was True. huge. One of them was just the chicane removal, which that's I mean, right. Yeah. I liked it, but, but everyone liked it. Everyone said the track was so much better it. because of it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I, I, okay. Uh, unrelated, I don't necessarily think the racing was better because of it, but the track is nice. It's nice to drive, drive yeah. It's nice to drive, and I think, because again, 
Catalonia GP is pretty much only Formula One cars. So if you're going to have Group Three exactly, cars, yeah, or, yeah, or, I was surprised you know, I didn't add the um no, Group Four, the longer is, corner at the hairpin. But you know that's yeah, all right. Yeah, hey, that'll come in a future update, buddy. It's all good. But um, <laughs> I think the complaint that's going to start cropping up if if we start seeing too many more of these alternate layouts is like fleshing out the track list. We want a new yeah. track. Yeah, yeah, we want a. New location. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my research your router. <laughs> what? What? Oh, has it has it gone? Oh, through? he's he's back. Oh, no, you're, you're back. Good. Yeah, you're you, good. Just, you just went robot for a second, but you're all good. You're all you're good. You're gonna have to start the sentence uh, throughout. Yeah, so I went five or six seconds ago. Oh, okay. So you get accused of like fleshing out the track list. Yeah. Okay, yeah so like yeah. since launch, we've had. A Spa 24-hour layout. We've had the Watkins Glen, which obviously America. We've oh, kind man. Of an Spa 24-hour's most pointless layout. Who decided that was a good that's idea? so funny. Honestly. The thing about it, right, I think I see a common misconception with that track that people go, oh, the start-finish line is moved. It's like, no, you just start the race. No, the after start line up. is moved. The finish line is not moved. Yeah, but... As soon as you start the race, the yeah. laps are counted from the original start line. So literally, as soon as you've completed the start, the track is identical. Except for you've the literally cut lane out well on longer, longer, yeah, longer pit lane. Yeah, Big and walk. also the fact, also the fact that you watch, you watch. <laughs> no, nah, the... but that's that's two tracks, mate. Two tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, hang on a minute. But um, <laughs> I suppose the thing about Spa Twenty Four is also that the car transits the entire pit lane rather than just popping out at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I do like that, but I, I'm like, couldn't they have just done that anyway? <laughs> you know? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I think I should do that at every track. Say, to be what honest, what do you guys? What do you guys think about the way pit stops are? Like, would you prefer that the car actually transit uh, the whole pit lane, or do you like those little cinematic? You, you, I'd you rather guys, see an animation from start to finish of the pit lane instead of just the camera going to the pit box and just hovering over your mechanics while they wait for the car to turn up. To be fair, right? I think I'll tell um, you the, Forza the, the track the that did it right was um is Watkins oh. Glen, I think they've done it right. Did they? Yeah, I don't think so. I've done many pit stops I don't at Watkins, Glen. Watkins Glen. You teleport straight to your pit box. What Watkins? Watkins, Watkins Glen. Glen. Um, Watkins Glen. You teleport straight to your pit box, and then when you exit yeah. the pits, the car drives out the entire pit lane, and you you stay right, on board for okay. the whole thing. Okay, okay. I think it's really good. And it's a good good length pit loss. You know, it's not, not a short one. Um, I think I think they've done that. I think there's a cut or, like, there's a delay. Like, the camera jumps to the pit box and then waits for your car. I think they've done that so they can alter how long the pit stop takes. So, like, the difference would be how long, like, the period of time in between when mm. you jump, like, the mm. camera jumps to the pit box and then when the car arrives... Mm. The difference between those two events are the things that change. But in answer to your question directly, I mean, you guys know I have strong opinions on yep. the pit stops in Gran Turismo. But, yeah, yeah, they're way, way too long for the lengths of the races that are traditionally held. But I would accept it if the alternative is the pit stops are always exactly the same length and the length is like how long it would actually take to transit the pit lane so just regardless of track, they're always 20 seconds? Just, re just regard. Yeah. Oh, no, no, um, no. Depending on the track. So, like, at Bathurst in real life, maybe it takes 30 seconds to transit the pit lane. 
it would then take 30 seconds in Gran Turismo as well. Um, so I would like to see, I would like to see either pit lengths proportional to the races, or I would just like to see the car, you drive into the pit lane, you stay on board as the car drives down the pit lane, pulls into its box, completes the pit stop, and then like you stay on board till it exits the pits as well. There we go. That's what I reckon. I like, I like the on board from pit entry to box to pit exit. I, I like yeah. It. Do you like, want to be on board the well, whole way? Well, not on board yeah, the whole yeah, way, but I, I want to see the car roll from you know. The start oh to the yeah, finish. yeah. You want to see, you want to see it rolling, so yeah. to speak. So I he- I hear you, Smoke. I hear you about wanting the, yeah. the shorter pit stops. I sort of want to go the opposite, and and I suppose this, this is how we sort of get into talking about. Ah, Monaco, get it, right? get out of here, mate. Oh, get out yeah, of here. You're mate. off the team. Oh. <laughs> uh, nah, so, so like. No, this is a safe the space. Monaco, the Monaco demo event. So we're starting to talk about Monaco, but we're not talking about Monaco yet. The demo event, right? 25th anniversary celebrations. You get to feel like you're part of the, the world finals driver who struggles to do a lap clean. But um, one of the big things, one of the big takeaways from those events um, is that the races were longer. They were significantly mm. longer. In fact, they were so long. Yes, the manufacturer true. one was so long that in slot one you couldn't do slot two because slot two had already started by the time the race was over mm. and it just it just meant that more could happen and that sounds really obvious and really stupid but like you know i did all the manufacturer races right i don't know if you guys did all i just did one all yeah oh, oh, i did i did at least one of each yeah round yeah but I didn't do all the slots of every round. No, no, well, you couldn't because the races were so long. But um, Do we think they should like, bring back one hour 20 slot gaps? I think so. I, think I so. reckon it depends on the race. I, depends would on you the be race. happy to, to get them to make the, the total time of quali and race together a little bit longer if it meant uh, and, and make it an hour 20 gaps? Yes. Would you yes. rather that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I think cause Absolutely. 100%. What happened 100%. What happened with the man- so manufacturers was what was it 15 laps of spa, right? So you're talking like a, a 40 minute race because it's 2 minutes. It was one of those ones that cuz it started off wet and it finished dry. You, the start of the race you're doing like 2 minute 30 laps, 2 minute 40. By the end of the race you're doing like 217, 216 was if, if you were a fast driver, right? Um you could, there, there was enough time in the race that you could make a mistake or you could, you know, have a moment and, and claw your way back. But then on the flip side, you could get off to a ripper start and then have it all undone. Like, it was more freedom. Because what happens in a lot of the, the current GTWS races is that you qualify and, you know, provided there's no big crash or no, like, death, right? Maybe you gain a couple spots, maybe you lose a couple spots, but for the most part, you pretty much know where you're sitting anyway. There's no racing. Yeah, yeah. So having a longer race and having, you know, the, the races that really force strategy, like I don't know how you buy compounds available, but with the, with the manufacturer's one, it was the only strategy was how soon do you change to slicks because obviously the track mm. was trying. Some people, they changed early. And then they slipped on a puddle and they died and that was, you know, they, they, they crashed. That was it. Game over. Other people... Guilty. Guilty. I did that Ruined the largest undercut in the history of racing. Yeah. 
unbelievable. Yeah, but then other people went the other oh, way. Well, that's all right. Some people went the other too long on the wet tires, so obviously they they compromised the gap that they had, and then and then they have to pit anyway because obviously you had to mm. put hard tires on. I won my race because the leader never put slicks on. He did the entire race with intermediates, and he just duked it out on a dry track with with worn inters. So, but. Yeah. For those for those who don't know, the hard tire was actually mandatory yeah, for some reason. Yeah. So you got a one minute penalty if you didn't use yeah. it. But even then I caught oh, even then I caught him regardless. Yeah. Like I didn't need the I didn't need the six. Oh, seconds. you caught him regardless. Yeah. Oh, okay, I, right, right. I caught him with like a lap and a bit to go. I was I was really some him goodness me. Who, who is sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I not what was, I was implying. Was, I was actually about to say, what was the other guy doing? Bloody lapping around clowning. I was, was, I was reeling in goodness I was me. reeling him in something like five or six seconds a lap and that wow. was that was Niz- nismo op please nerf yeah, yeah you talk so... all the time about never <laughs> winning your second split races but here you are destroying a man on strategy alone absolutely yeah, but, clapping this yeah, guy but me me winning a race because he didn't change tires is like saying he didn't <laughs> why'd you win the race oh because he blew up his engine blew up well, if you oh, take him, like asking if you take him out of the race that's like asking ocon right that's like asking ocon how did you win you, you only won hungry because half the field crash. It's like, yeah, yeah I still won. Well, what about, about what about the other the 16 drivers that you beat without that guy? If you took that guy yeah. out of the race, you still beat all those other guys fair and square. That's true. That's true. But, you know, look, hey, I'm not I'm not saying I never have my days, but yeah. what I'm trying to work on is having those days a bit more consistently. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. 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 Anyway, but, but yeah, what Racing's I'm getting hard. at is I think... I would, I would absolutely be cool it with is. the hour and 20 minutes if it meant longer races. Yeah. More can happen. You know, Not necessarily that every race has to be a, a tyre strategy or a fuel strategy. I, I don't mind the odd, the odd lights to flag, you know, let the racing do the job. It's about variety, I, I, yeah, I like really. variety it's as variety. well. A sprint race, a tyre race, a fuel race, a combination of all. Yep. And then Rain back to the race. race yeah. There's so race. many different options, man. So much yeah, different night activities. Race. We, we did not see night racing as much as I, I wish. No, no. In GT World that, Series. It's another topic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just Honestly, you get it occasionally. In the, in the 2023 like nation racing. season, Super Formula at Bathurst in the middle of the night. It's a good idea. Oh, oh. stop it, you. <laughs> but, um, Make sure you fit the 4K headlights. I think, we've only, oh, I think we've only had two night races. We had that one at Daytona, and then there was the one with the GRO one. One at Daytona, yeah, that was um, manufacturers, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and then there was the, the Toyota Gazoo in the GRO one O at Le Mans. Yeah, that that was a nice. I, that oh, I love that, that transition from good. night only, to morning. That was beautiful. The only problem with my race because. That was back when um, the lobbies were glitching, so they're just black screened the entire thing. Ah. And oh. <laughs> it black screened, but everyone was still driving. But I think it was like 20 or so minutes that the thing happened. And by the end of it, there was like eight of us, because obviously most of the field had left. But the daylight cycle had still been cycling in the background. So we actually started the race in broad daylight. Everyone else, I, I was watching everyone like, else's videos. It's a bit disappointing, videos. isn't it? <laughs> I was watching everyone else's videos, and it was like, oh, man, they got to start in the night. Did sunrise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for us, it was the opposite. It started in broad daylight, and I think the last lap, it was when the sun went down. So yeah. it was like, bro. Oh, a bit disappointing oh, well. for that. Oh, well. <laughs> it happens. So. Um, okay. <clears throat> Actually, there is, there's one more topic. <clears throat> Uh, Nismo actually wanted to touch on this one. So the Road Atlanta, just briefly going back to Road Atlanta, the, the time trial this week is Road Atlanta with the X2019 competition. 
Um, and, and Willow Springs and the Suzuki. Yes. But no yeah, one cares about that. That's, that's but, finished. Yeah. But, but the, the leaderboards are closed for that, so you can only look yeah, at it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something that's going on in that Road Atlanta time trial is gear shift spamming. So basically what people are doing, like coming into the last chicane in particular, you come, you're racing up to that last chicane in seventh gear, and then they're hitting the braking zone, and they are downshifting, like pulling the down downshift gears so quickly to the point where the real the rear wheel's like, what would we call this compression locking? Am I yeah, correct in that term? I think so. Excellent. And it basically whips the the back of the car around the first part of the chicane so you can open up the second part and run out onto the main straight really fast. Nismo brought up the question to me, should the gear could should there be a gear shift lockout on downshift? Like cuz you can sit, you can do it in road cars, cars too. Yeah. You, mm. yeah, you can do it in and like even I'm guilty of this like racing up to a heavy brake zone in a road car, pull the Pulled downshifts all the way down to like first, and gear. you hear the limiter going the bum, 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 yeah. bum, as you as you go yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. But you get extra braking. You get extra braking mm. from it, which is why people do it. Yeah. So yeah, should there be a gear shift lockout on downshifts? I think it's fifty fifty. Yeah, I, mean, I think you could go either way. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm the one that brought up the question, so I'm not going to be like I'm responding to you. But I think I think it's one of those ones that's like H pattern gearboxes, for example, right? You can be in sixth gear, right? And you can legitimately go sixth to fourth, fourth to second, or you you know you can skip gears in an H pattern car. That's a thing. But obviously, racing cars and, and modern hypercars with the sequential boxes, yeah, it has a lockout and stuff. It wouldn't. It's another one of those things that it wouldn't be hard for PD to implement because all they would have to do is say, chuck a little bit of coding in that says right. You downshift a gear, you can't downshift for another 0.2 of a second. Or it, it would have to be significant enough to change the game, but obviously you don't want to downshift every one second or something ridiculous like that because, you know, there, there has to be a, a very carefully... And, and come with testing, it, obviously they'd have to make sure they don't completely break the game. Um, but... Yeah, I think something needs to be done. You look at iRacing, you look at ACC, and you'd never get away with some of the antics you can do on GT. I think, I think the reason that they have shift lockouts um, on those other games, and I guess in real life, if it is a real life thing, um, is to prevent um, you shifting down um, when you're high in the revs of the gear that you're in to the point where when you shift down, you'd be over the red line. Um, in the gear below, yeah. it just won't let you shift down until you get to a point where if you did shift down, you would be below the red line. So in GT, you can drop a gear when you're high RPM and you'd hear the car bouncing off the limiter until the car gets slow enough to be within the rev range again. So yeah. having that lockout um, would um, would be an interesting thing to add. And I, I don't know if they ever will because obviously the game is casual friendly. They don't want to make, make the... Mm the casuals think oh my controller's not working or my wheel's not working or whatever because i can't change gear down as fast as i want to people aren't going to know about that you know um it's a it's a real racing thing and the other thing is um the a car like the x2019 needs to be downshifted very fast 
um, regardless of whether you're trying to get above that red line or not. Um, it's always been a case of machine gunning down the gears, as you, as uh, Jimmy called it in uh, one of the broadcasts. Um, <laughs> you go down like four gears in, in a very, very short short space of time, but you never go over the limiter because the car's got such short gears that it doesn't actually matter. You can't downshift as fast as the car can brake. Um, so I don't think, a, I don't know if a limiter would actually, uh, not a limiter, but a lockout would actually do anything to the X-2019, but I don't, I don't see it being a problem if they do implement it um, into race cars and, and things like that. Mm. I think, I think it's, and again, it's, it's one of those ones, yes, it needs to downshift quick and it still could downshift quick, but there's a difference between, there's a difference between going down the gears, you know, bang, 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 and then. Bang, 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 and then basically just what what these guys are doing, which is spamming it. Like mm. there's there's fastest, and then there's like fast downshifts, and it's not even <laughs> like there's you know you look at the lap at the moment they're they're in seventh gear, like you say they're downshifting all the way back to like second, and then they're going straight back up to like fourth, which is which is driving behavior that you would never see in you know anything like there's. Yeah, like I said, there's fast, and then there's like fast, and I think even if we're talking a limiter of, you know, but a fraction of a second, it's it's yeah. Again, yeah, it would have to be different course. for different cars too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon. Well, it could be like an instantaneous thing. Like when you go to pull the gear, the game can go, ah, uh, we're still going too fast for the red line, and then not let you pull the gear. Yeah, 100%. yeah. that's what I would yeah. expect them to implement if they did anything. It could be like an instantaneous analysis of what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, well, Atom was right. It's in real life. It's a safety thing. It's it's a prevent the engine from grenading yeah. itself because yeah, up. yeah. So yeah, chucking want... a Ferrari at Austria this year. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is, that, yeah, it's one of those things that it would be a balance to the gameplay. Would it scare off the casuals? I don't think it would because, like, unless they're doing, unless they're attempting a world record lap time and, and trying to machine gun no. down the gears, you know, it's it's not. And again, a casual and, player is not nah. again, the fact that ACC and iRacing, and I'm pretty sure even like Project Cars 2, you know, you there was a lockout on how quickly down you could shift. Even in the um, Project Cars 2 had a formula, you know, had, had a basically had a super duper better than Formula One car, and same thing, you couldn't just machine gun down the gears willy-nilly, it was, you know, you had to actually be methodical about it, so, yeah, I, I, I see the arguments for it, I see the arguments against it. I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's something that's minor enough that they're not going to bother with, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's only annoying to Still. the world record attempters, like, people, people yeah, like yeah, us yeah. that see the top time and we go, man, that's BS, and here's why, you know, and and, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's one of those things. No, well, it's certainly worth discussing because yeah, it's a good point. And and if other simulators, you have can it, hear, you can you hear know? it, you can hear it here. Yeah. There's uh, different differing opinions. Yep. Not that that's a bad no. thing. Whatsoever. Yeah. Well, if other simulators have it, then clearly it's it's a thing that exists for a reason. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's the whole point of a simulator, isn't it? To yeah, it is the simulate. real driving yeah. simulator, or or so so it's supposed to be. All right, well, speaking of different opinions, I've changed my opinion on how we're going to run this podcast into the uh, into the closing stages. I've mentioned the Monaco World Tour a couple of times, but what's actually happened here is we've talked about the updates for way too long to the point where if we start to talk about Monaco, this is going to be like a four-hour episode, and at that point, it may as well be two episodes. So that's exactly what we're going to do. You may have even noticed the slight cut where we... Uh, 
obviously cut the cameras and talked about this. But, okay, so that's basically what's going to happen. Monaco World Tour, keep an eye out in the new year because we are going to reconvene and we're going to break down uh, that Monaco World Tour in even greater depth than what we were going to be able to manage to do today in the limited time that we have left after talking about the updates. It'll be a good episode. It will be, yeah. We'll, we'll talk really in depth about everything that happened, like uh, the incidents and stuff. So make sure you watch up. Do your homework, fellas, because I will be too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. But anyway, I think that's going to wrap up this podcast episode for today. So do hit the like button if you enjoyed and do subscribe if you'd like to see more podcasts from us and the, the Monaco one coming up very, very soon. Do leave a comment as well as questions, comments and constructive criticism as always are very much appreciated. And that's going to, that's going to do us for Christmas as well. So once again, from all the team here at the Trackside Lounge, we do wish you a very Merry Christmas. But that's going to be it from this episode today, and that means that is it from us. So once again, we do thank you very much for listening. See you later. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay.